Hey there, Courageous Leader. Looking for a place to connect, share, and collaborate with other ambitious, impact-driven powerhouses? Well, look no further. Join me and dozens of other bold, action-oriented women in leadership in the Leaders Lounge. The Leaders Lounge is a no-cost monthly meetup for listeners of the show and my broader She Leads community so that we can come together and uncover opportunities to collaborate with each other and magnify our impact. We meet monthly on the fourth Wednesday of every month. Details to save your spot for the next no-cost meetup is in the show notes below, or you can head over to sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to register. Again, that's sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to register and save your spot. I'll see you in the lounge. Thank you for joining me on another episode of She Leads Now podcast, where we help career and entrepreneurial women gain the tools to develop a success mindset, create winning strategies, build collaborative relationships, and take bold action towards creating impact and fulfillment in their lives and careers. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and I'm on a mission to awaken and activate women and emerging leaders so they can tap into their innate leadership ability elevate their influence, and create the impact they were destined to make. If you're ready to up-level your confidence, courage, and influence, you've come to the right place. Join me weekly for insights, strategies, and resources to help you grow, develop, and embody the leader you were meant to be so that you can make the impact you know you are called to make and establish the legacy you've always dreamed. The world eagerly awaits the emergence of your brilliance, impact, and influence. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of She Leads Now. We are on episode six, and today we're going to be talking about navigating entrepreneurship as a newbie founder. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and I am excited to bring this information to you. There's so much I can talk about as it relates to the process of transitioning into entrepreneurship, whether you are coming from a traditional workforce or something completely different. For the sake of time, obviously, I won't be able to go into all those details, but having spoken recently to many entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, and certainly having gone through the process myself, some themes started coming up around where women in particular who are transitioning into entrepreneurship get hung up or hit a snag or get stuck in the beginning. And in this time that we're in, as of the timing of this recording, you know, we are right smack in the middle of this great resignation where many, and by many, I mean millions, are jumping ship. Many of them are going to different organizations but many of them are also leaving and deciding that they want to leverage their own skill sets and monetize that to create the time freedom that they want, to create the financial freedom that they want, and to be able to support you know, their family, their communities in ways that they can't or they haven't been able to working in traditional environments. Not too long ago, I was on a podcast and the host asked me, you know, what are some of the fundamental challenges that women are facing as they're stepping into entrepreneurship? And I thought about it. And the reality is, or was even at the time, the entrepreneurial challenges are universal. 
whether it be in terms of capital, marketing, getting a clear message, ensuring that your product or your service is actually something that people want and are willing to pay for. And truth be told, in this day and age, the barrier for entry into entrepreneurship is extremely low. Basically, at this point, you know, you you don't even need a website. I know very, very successful entrepreneurs who don't even have a website, or if they do, they haven't made updates to it in a very long time, and it has not stopped them from being able to move forward. So with a low barrier, it's easier than ever to really just make the decision to shift gears into entrepreneurship. And many do it while they're still working their traditional full-time roles until they're at a place where they've generated enough revenue that can replace their corporate income or their employer's income. But what I found, and even what I experienced myself, the biggest challenge isn't around a website or it isn't around, you know, making your IG feed look pretty. Where I found that women particularly who are stepping into this place get hung up, it's really about the process of becoming an entrepreneur. So what do I mean by that? Entrepreneurship, as I've experienced, is not necessarily just a role or just a title or something that you do or something that you call yourself. When I left corporate America, I recognized that when it came to entrepreneurship, though I may have had the skill sets, there was so much that I needed to learn. There was so much that I needed to unlearn around what it means to be productive, what it means to build relationships, what it means to sell yourself and your particular services. And so there was a period of time I would say about six to eight months where I felt like a fish out of water. And it was during that time or during that period where I was literally shedding the identity of an employee and creating or building or establishing this identity of an entrepreneur. So what do I mean by, you know, shedding one identity and establishing another? Well, During my process, especially early on, what I found was that a lot of insecurities started coming up for me. I didn't understand that, you know, so much of my identity was about me being a corporate professional. I realized that there were a lot of of deep beliefs around money that you know had formed over a period of time that I needed to deal with. There were some insecurities around what I had to offer and my expertise. All of these things started to come up during that initial process and I had to face them. I had to deal with them. And, you know, this is not just reserved to me. I've literally spoken to dozens of entrepreneurs, male and female, who have experienced very similar situations. And so, it when i say shedding one identity to take on the the new identity it's really about that process or that period in between where you are examining 
what you believe about you, what you believe about your capability, what you believe and how strongly you believe that what you're trying to step into as it relates to entrepreneurship is something that you actually want to do. It's almost like that testing period to say, do you really want to be an entrepreneur? Well, let's let's pull up all of this dirt and all of these roots. And if after you can face them and deal with them and process them, you're still willing to move forward, then yes, you can become an entrepreneur. So during that stage, as I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of insecurities, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of beliefs. That's where imposter syndrome comes into play, the feelings or the beliefs of not being enough, not being able to measure up to other people's standards. There's FOMO that you have to battle, fear of missing out, or better yet, shiny object syndrome. You're comparing your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And then you have your inner critic who <laughs> never misses an opportunity to remind you of you know, what you're not doing and what you should be doing and what's not perfect and what's not this and what's not that. And so those first critical months, you know, it's again, like I said, it's not about the marketing. It's not about the the pretty website. It's not about any of those. It's about getting through or overcoming the battle inside of you. And so a few tips that I would have for newbie founders who are stepping into entrepreneurship or even thinking about it, going in knowing that, you know, the the end result of having the business and having it set up and getting customers to pay you, that that to me is like the end result. It's the process that you have to go through to get there that I want to provide some tips and some strategies on so that you aren't caught off guard, much like I was and many of my peers and colleagues, when these things start coming up for you and you are at a place where you've built you are you beginning to build the resiliency so that as these opportunities to change your beliefs and change your mindset and to see yourself differently, you're not left feeling defeated by them, but you're encouraged knowing and understanding that, oh, this is part of the process. I have to deal with these parts of me so that I can move to the next level. And so the first thing that I would share is be willing and be okay with being a beginner. Now, a lot of the people who are resigning, you know, they're resigning in in many different industries, but I've also personally met a lot of women who had, you know, 10 plus years tenure with either with their current company or they've been in their respective field for a very long time. And so, yes, they are coming out of corporate or whatever their work structure is with a lot of skills, with a lot of uh, subject matter expertise with, you know, a lot of ability that they can hit the ground running. However, there is a learning curve to entrepreneurship because when we are in our work environments, we might have the particular function that we support or the, the department or the business partners, whatever it is that we're supporting. It's And then we have other people who do other things. When you become an entrepreneur, depending on on your product or your service, if if you're stepping out as a coach or as a consultant or a, a solopreneur in any capacity, you become everything. You are the CFO, you're the chief HR person, you are the business development person, you are the marketing person, you are IT. You become all of these things almost immediately. And so what 
I've seen and, and what I'd love for those who are listening to avoid is getting to that place where, you know, you feel defeated because you don't know everything. Spoiler alert, you're not going to know everything, but you have to be okay with, with that knowledge and that understanding and going into this with the desire to learn. Now, does that mean that you need to spend time becoming a subject matter expert in everything? Absolutely not. You don't have that kind of time and your focus really should be on generating revenue or or testing out your hypothesis of what your product or your service can do for your clients or your potential clients. But you should take the time to know enough so that you can get things rolling. And as you generate revenue and as you generate income, bringing experts on to help support you. So be okay with being a learner and be okay with being a beginner again. Uh, Secondly, I would advise get a mentor. And I've shared this in previous podcasts as well. It's, It's invaluable. When it comes to uh, business and when it comes to entrepreneurship, especially when we're, we've just made that leap, there's so much we don't know. You know, there's that saying that you don't know what you don't know. Trust me, <laughs> there's so much that you don't know. And even when you think you know, there's still so much more that you don't know when it comes to this. So rather than having to, you know, scrape by or make all the mistakes, whether that be in money and time, you know, invest in someone who has been there, invest in someone who has walked down the pathway. They've learned all the lessons. They've scraped their knees. They've uh, made all the bad investments and they can guide you to avoid some of those things and accelerate your ability to move forward in your entrepreneurship. Next, you're definitely going to want to surround yourself with other like-minded women who are headed on the same path as you. I I think your network is invaluable and you'll hear me say that at least a million times. Entrepreneurship is a journey. And as I mentioned before, there are a lot of battles that newer entrepreneurs go through that no one ever sees. And for the most part, only other entrepreneurs understand what that beginning part of that journey is. And so you wanna make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people who understand what you're going through who aren't going to look at you like you are crazy when you tell them that your imposter syndrome is flaring or that your inner critic is you know, causing you to doubt yourself, that they're going to understand exactly what you're going through and give you some words of encouragement or give you some resources that'll help you overcome that. The other thing as it relates to getting support we likely want to turn to our friends and family to be the ones to support us. And many of us have extremely supportive friends and family who are there for us, who have our back, who are our cheerleaders. But sometimes even our cheerleaders and even the people who support us the most, if they're not in this space or they've never walked through this path, they may not understand. And so you going to them to explain that you feel defeated or your inner critic is telling you this out of love and out of compassion for you, they may lead you or attempt to lead you down the path away from the pain and away from the discomfort. And so it's not always necessarily from a place of malice or you know intentional trying to sabotage you, but if your friends and family love you, naturally, they don't want to see you in pain. They don't want to see you discouraged or or having to go through that process. And so recognize that this person is really just trying to look out for me, but 
what they're sharing or how they're sharing or how they're showing up for support is not really what I need. So have a group of people who fully understand what you're going through and can provide that support. Okay, so that takes care of really those beginning stages as either you're transitioning or you're thinking about transitioning, being okay with being a beginner and not knowing it all and being willing to learn, getting a mentor, someone who has paved the road and who can help support you and help guide you away from the the traps and the pitfalls, and then getting a support system around you of other like-minded women or other women who are on the same journey as you. Now that's at the beginning phase. When you get to a place or if you are already at a place where now you've gone through all that, you are seeing some traction in your business and you're recognizing that I have too much on my plate. I'm not showing up in the manner that I want to be showing up for myself, for my family, for my clients, and I need to delegate some of this stuff then that's when you start to look at how do I build my team, right? You have the vision, you have it outlined. Some point, I I would imagine, have proven that what you are offering is something that people actually want to purchase. And you have enough of a pipeline or enough of a cash flow to support you bringing on someone else. One of the things that I've seen in this particular phase of the entrepreneurial journey, and I've certainly experienced it myself, this mindset of I've learned it, I can do it, right? It's quicker for me to figure out, you know, how to do this than me reaching out to someone, explaining to them what I need, and then following up on their work and so much and so forth. I I will tell you right now, if that is your mindset, find a way to let go of that mindset. Because your time as a CEO and as a founder is invaluable. And even if you could do whatever the task is in your sleep, you will gift yourself so much more by allowing others to come in and to support you. It may just start with you know freelancers or contractors that you get from Fiverr, that you get from Upwork or these other organizations that offer freelance support. And that's completely fine as well. Do your due diligence, vet the individuals out, make sure that you are clear in your expectations. That means communicating your goals and expected outcomes, ensuring that they are very clear on what is expected of them, the timing, the quality, who they need to touch base with. Then the next piece is providing the resources and the tools that they need to be effective in performing the task. I do believe that this is relevant for even the most seasoned leaders. You can't have an expectation that someone is going to, you know, create these wonderful presentations or templates for you and they don't have access to, you know, basic PowerPoint or Canva or or something that would allow them to do that. So ensuring that not only are you communicating your needs, but that you have the resources um, or the tools in place so that it's plug and play for them, that they can use their expertise, they can use their skills to execute for you. And then lastly, holding people accountable and giving tangible feedback. I have often fallen into the trap of, you know, getting something back and because I can or because I know how to just moving forward and making the changes that I need or getting frustrated because something didn't come back the way that I wanted to or it was not clearly what I had envisioned and just going in and doing the work and never giving the individual feedback and then having the same thing repeat itself over and over and over again. 
So I think it's very important whether you are a newbie and you're just getting your first freelancer or your first contractor or you are a seasoned leader that you have to give people feedback. You have to let them know what's working well. You have to let them know where their opportunities are you know, give them examples and then also hold them accountable. So earlier I talked about, you know, the the metrics and making sure that you provide timelines. If things are being missed rather than, you know, going internally and being frustrated, facing it and having the conversation with these individuals to say, hey, these are my expectations. This is what I received. And there's a gap. You are actually going to help yourself and that person so much more because you're helping them to become better at a particular skill or whatever work that it is that they're doing. And you are allowing yourself or saving yourself the time of going in and trying to fix someone else's work or everyone else's work because it's not exactly to your liking. So keep that in mind as you're entering into the leadership role of your business once you've gone past all of the 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 mental crap and the emotional crap and you've stepped into a place where now you are building this thing or or have been building this thing making sure that you know you recognize that your team whoever it is whether it's a freelancer a contractor or a full-time employee these individuals have volunteered to support you obviously they're getting paid so it's not it's not free volunteering but they have raised their hand and said hey i will support you in bringing your vision to life and so i think clarity in terms of what that vision is giving them the tools and the resources so that they can do the work and then giving them the feedback so that they can continue to grow and improve their skills and help you even more And so that is part two. So in part one, we talked about how to get mentally and emotionally uh, prepared for the, the leap, or if you're in that beginning phases of the leap, what to expect. Then we talked about how to prepare to multiply yourself and multiply your efforts with a team. I know this is a lot, and I also know that it doesn't even scratch the surface of all that you need, but I wanted to lay the groundwork on things that you should be thinking about and that you should be putting strategies and contingencies in place. Hopefully this was helpful and you are able to identify a few tips to help you where you are or where you're headed if you haven't quite yet made the leap. Be sure to check out the show notes for additional resources. I've included a link to a free resource around creating micro habits, and you can get your free copy at sabinegideon.com forward slash habits. And it's really designed to help you start to implement or at least think through some of the habits that you need to put in place or maybe even need to change to help support you in achieving your goals. That's all that I have for you today. Until next time, have a wonderful and fabulous week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Now. Be sure to join us next week for another transformative discussion to help you grow, develop, and embody the courageous leader you've always been. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get alerts when new episodes drop and join us for our next Leaders Lounge meetup on Zoom. Details and dates for future sessions are included in the show notes below. So take a look there or head over to sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to register and hold your spot for the next session. Again, that's sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to grab your spot. Excited to connect with you all inside the lounge. Talk to you soon.